Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Now there is a new season starting today, starting this morning. For there has been a pruning and a purging and there has been an arranging in the spirit realm of that which I desire to do in this place. For you've only begun to touch the surface of the goodness and mercy and compassion that I desire to pour out to you and through you. So today, consecrate yourself to walk with me and talk with me and to walk in the spirit and to walk by faith and dream big and ask big and do not limit the Holy One of Israel for your season of breakthrough and the miraculous and the impartation of the faith that you've walked in for many years is now coming to a culmination of not just a visitation but a habitation of my presence in your midst. So even this day, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice that you've been counted worthy to be part of those that would enter into this season in phase, for it shall be glorious. And in the future, when the story is told, you'll be able to say, I was there. I was there. When others bolted and ran, when others took off and said, no, it'll never happen, you'll be able to say, I was there. And the blessings of God and the anointing of God touched my life and I was a part. And you'll never be ashamed and you'll rejoice that you stayed the course in faith. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody ought to rejoice. we thank you Father we thank you Lord God we thank you Lord God hallelujah hallelujah wow what a good word thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus oh we worship you Father we glorify your name Lord Jesus blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You, you got, is there more of that, Danny? Yeah, for this is a unique place, this stretch of sand up on the shore, for anything like this ever to happen. And many have said for years, oh, it's dead. Oh, the doors are closed. Oh, they'll bury the preachers there one after another after another without much of a shaking or a moving. But I'll prove them all wrong. 
and I'll raise up not just this house, but an army out of this house that'll go forth into the world with the glorious gospel and that which has already happened in a small measure shall be magnified and multiplied and you'll look back in the next few years and say, look at the ones that have gone. Look at the ones that have left and gone into the nations of the world and the churches that have been raised up and how God has blessed and even some that are in the little nursery this morning and are being taken care of and the youth and those that you think, oh, they're just children and just growing up. My hand is already upon them. And I am aiming them at nations and aiming them at places. So get ready, church. Get ready, church. That which you've declared and believed and stood for year after year, decade after decade, belongs to you. It is yours. So enter in with rejoicing and you shall see it in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands and worship God. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Glory to God. Well, be seated for a moment. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. Now, we've, we've, we've talked a lot about character. We've talked a lot about principles. We've done a little bit of uh, faith in action. We always refer, we always come back to Mark chapter 5 being one of the premier illustrations of how faith operates in the Word of God. You know, people are always like, well, you know, that's what Brother Hagin preached. Listen, it's the Word of God. Amen? And you should never tire of hearing the Word of God, especially these illustrations in the Gospels. Now, when we first started the church, we were over in the Tremont house, and I did a series on the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, at the end of that series, we kind of developed a catchphrase, and that was this, that if we can learn to respond to the Word of God, the way the people in the Bible learned to respond to Jesus when He walked on the earth, we get the same results. You know, I think that religion has the idea, and a lot of Christianity has the idea, that Jesus went around just in mass healing everybody. You know, just carte blanche, without, without, any, without any preparation, without any teaching. And that's not true. There are places where the miracle-working power of God did not even work through His ministry. Unbelief shut Him down in His own hometown. The Bible said He could do no mighty works. And much of His ministry was given to teaching. Now, we know the, uh, the, the Mark chapter 5 is a chapter in which Jesus defeats the three Ds. Everybody say the three Ds. It's demons and disease and death. He defeats all three of them. Amen? Now, I went back. Now, I don't have to study Mark chapter 5. When I first went into ministry back in the mid-80s, man, I'd just, pre I'd just go listen to Brother Hagin teach on it, and then I'd go teach the same thing. Amen? And I'd get great results. People would get saved and healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then I began to see some things in this scripture that I never heard Brother Hagin preach. And I never heard Brother Copeland preach. And I never heard any of the, the, the big ministers preach. I began to say, well, there's more in, this, more in this scripture than I thought there was. And it's true of every scripture. Because the Bible is not a natural book. It's a supernatural book. And the, the, although somebody may teach or preach on it, there's still more there. We still have not exhausted the revelation. Amen? So we see Jesus defeating demon power. We see, see Him defeating disease. And we see Him defeating death. But now I went back into the previous chapters 
because one of the premier revelations of the woman with the issue of blood being healed is the Bible says when she heard. Amen. Because obviously what she heard formed her confession. Her confession was, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Amen. Amen. So I went back. I want you to just go, just one scripture, and then I'll make a comment about chapter 4. One scripture in chapter 3, in verse verse, uh, 10, it says, For he healed many, insomuch as they pressed upon him, for to touch him, as many as had plagues. So, Jesus actually tried to get away a little bit and get some rest and recreation, and the multitude came because of the miracles. The Bible says He taught them, and as He taught them, the anointing of God would come on Him, and they would begin to get healed, and people would come and try to touch Him, and I guarantee you, when they touch Him, they got healed. You say, how do you know when they touch Him, He got healed? Because that's what that woman believed. That's what she believed. When I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Now, the next chapter, chapter 4, is one of the most important chapters in the Bible when it comes to understanding the Word of God because it's the story of the sower. Everybody say, the sower. Now, the sower soweth the Word. So the Word of God is the seed of God. Everything. Now, listen, this is an important reality we must understand. Everything you need from God comes in seed form. You've already got it. It's already yours. Amen. Sometimes you just need to plant that seed and grow what you need. I like to say it like this. The Word of God in your heart can outgrow anything. It can outgrow anything. Uh, One of the most phenomenal testimonies of the charismatic move was the testimony of Pastor Dodie Osteen being healed of uh, of metastatic cancer of the liver. And everybody kind of goes, well, that that was, uh, you know, John Osteen's wife. And they they pastored a megachurch up in Houston. In reality, that situation that took place, her healing took place over a period of a year in which she planted the Word of God It didn't come because they had some special anointing on their ministry. It didn't come because Pastor John had operated in in working of miracles or gifts of healing in his ministry. It came because she planted the Word of God. Now listen to me. She planted the Word of God through her confession and her action and outgrew cancer. You say, can you outgrow cancer? Yes, you can. You can outgrow debt. You can outgrow disease. You can outgrow any problem. you got to make a decision to adhere to the Word of God, plant your seed, take care of your soil, uh, take care of your soil, reap your crop, take what you need and distribute it to everybody else. And I dare say she's probably been responsible for getting more people healed of cancer in the Houston area since her healing than anybody else I know. Amen. Now, in that scripture, in that teaching of the parable of the sower, we see the different soils in people's life. The, 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 the people that, you know, when the Word of God is taught, the devil comes immediately. Well, that's not true. Don't believe that. That's not ever going to happen. I tell you, you cannot listen to your adversary. Some of you, he has stolen revelation from you and stolen faith from you, and you need to get mad enough in your own heart to get it back and start back on the path you were on and get what God says belongs to you. Because he is a thief and he'll steal, listen, he'll steal your health, he'll steal your money, he'll steal your joy, he'll steal your marriage, he'll steal your children if you let him. But if you make a decision, I'm not going to let the devil steal anything in my life anymore. I'm going to stand in faith, I'm going to grow my crop, I'm going to reap my harvest, and I'm going to outgrow all this garbage the enemy's trying to put in my life. I guarantee you it'll work for you. Now in the, in the scripture, Mark chapter 5, let's begin 
for time's sake this morning. Verse 24, that's the end of the uh, going with Jairus. Now let's go to verse 25. It says, a certain woman, everybody say certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now there's a time factor involved there. Just because you've dealt with something over a period of time does not mean God can't do something in your life. Amen? I know there's people here, you've dealt with diabetes for years. I don't, I don't care how long you've de dealt with it. I said, I don't care how long you've dealt with it. Jesus is still your healer and your healing will manifest if you will not back off. I ought to get a better amen than that. I don't say, well, Pastor, I've dealt with this money thing. I mean, our family for five generations back has been impoverished. We've really never had anything. All we do is barely pay our bills and barely at that. And you're wanting us to give money to build some church or do something like this. Listen, you need to break that in your life and in your family and become the first people, first family in your family to prosper and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, God, God. make me a millionaire. <laughs> now listen, God is not opposed. Listen to this. God is not opposed to you being rich. What He's opposed to is you being covetous. Amen. And listen, and if riches will take you out of the move of God, you'll never be rich. But if, if riches will put you deeper and deeper into the move of God, God will bless you over and over and over so that He can use you to help finance what God's doing in the earth today. So 12 years, if I say 12 years, that's a long time to be sick. Amen. 12 years, now notice this also. She had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all, all that she had, and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Now this, this dilemma, this drama that's in this woman's life is more than just a sickness or a disease. Because I'm telling you, sickness and disease can get into your life and create more than just a physical problem. We see right here she has a financial problem. Man, I tell you, if it took her 12 years to spend all that she had on doctors, she must have had something to start with. The Bible says she'd suffered many things of many physicians. But let me say this. This shows her willingness to regain her health. She was willing to do anything. Listen, you've got to be like that in your life. No matter what it is in your life you're trying to receive from God, you've got to be willing to do what it takes. Somebody says, well, you know, I want a healthy marriage. Well, are you willing to come and sit under the teaching of the Word of God and let the Spirit of God heal your marriage? You say, well, what I want is finances. I, I, we need breakthrough financial. Are you willing to come and listen to some teaching on finances and then tithe and offer and believe God for breakthroughs? Amen. I, Brother Osteen used to preach, preach a message. How big is your want to? I'm telling you, you've got to build that want to on the inside of you. You've got to feed that want to. You've got to want to as much as you want to breathe. Whatever you're believing God for, you've got to develop a great big want to on the inside of you to do whatever it takes. This woman was doing everything she could do. I could, Man, if we suffer under doctors today, how could she have suffered 2,000 years ago? Said she'd suffered many things. That means she was going from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor and they were trying all kinds of stuff. Now, we're not against doctors. We love doctors. We have doctors that come here. Many of the people that go to University of Texas Medical Branch come here for a period of time when they're studying. But here's the thing. There comes a time when doctors just throw up their hands and say, hey, man, there ain't nothing we can do for you. What are you going to do then? Well, that's when you turn to Jesus, amen. But you don't have to wait till, wait till then. You can turn to Jesus right now. But listen, 
She suffered many things, of many spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now, as we've said before, these circumstances, circumstances in your life have a way of communicating to you. Pain in your body talks to you. Your checkbook with no money in it talks to you. Constant bickering in a family talks to you. There are all kinds of ways that circumstances and situations communicate to you. Amen? Now, here's the thing. If it goes on for 12 years, that means there is a 12-year steadily turning up of the volume of that circumstance and it has gotten louder and louder and louder and louder. Anybody there? Anybody like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, the good news is there are other voices other than the voice of your circumstance. Now notice what it says. Notice what it says. It says, when she had heard of Jesus. Now what did she hear? Go back and read the previous chapters. You know, Luke chapter 4 tells us that Jesus got up in the synagogue and read out of the book of Isaiah and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty them that are blind, to, to set at liberty, you know, to all that different uh, uh, scripture that he talked about there that Jesus would do under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. One, one minister said in an encounter with Jesus in a vision, Jesus said, I preached that everywhere I went. He said, everywhere I went, I got up and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Then he'd go on and teach the Word of God. Amen? So that, the Bible says, the fame of him had gone out. That means people were talking about Jesus. That's, listen, we don't want people talking about Island Church. We don't want people talking about Pastor Rusty. We don't want people talking about you. We want people talking about Jesus. Look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus is doing. Have you heard what Jesus has done? That's what we want. Because we know when people are talking about Jesus, they're only doing it because he's doing something. Amen? Now, notice, when she'd heard of Jesus. Now, when she'd heard of Jesus, notice what it says, came about in the press behind him, touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, imagine how loud those voices were in her ears, in her pain, in her pocketbook, the religious voice. Oh, my goodness. She was a Jewish woman. She had what was considered an unclean disease. Everywhere she went, she had to cover her head. If other Jewish people would approach her, maybe to say something to her or to greet her on the street, she would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, away, away, unclean. She wasn't able to participate in any Passover feast, in any Pentecost feast, that could not go to the tabernacle or temple. She, she was totally ostracized from her religion. So I'm telling you, she had four major voices speaking in her life. She had a physical voice, a financial voice, she had a spiritual voice, and then what about her mental state? I guarantee you, she was, uh, you go 12 years sick, you go 12 years with an issue of blood, you go 12 years and suffer under doctors, you go 12 years and spend all of your money, and you don't get any better, but you get worse. You got some loud communication going on. But here's the good news. When she heard of Jesus, which means there is a greater voice. Now listen to me. When she heard of Jesus, that means there is 
a greater voice. But here's what you must understand because we're studying the subject of faith. When it comes to the voice of your circumstance, you have no choice. It's going to speak to you. The pain's going to be there. The deficit in your finances, it's going to speak to you. It's going to speak to you. But when it comes to hearing of Jesus, you have to make the choice. And when you make the choice to hear of Him, He has a way of reaching over to your volume and beginning to turn down the voice of your circumstances. Could you imagine the first time she began to hear of Jesus? Somebody said, you know, I'll tell you, we were up there in the mountains the other day. We were just wandering around. We saw this big crowd. So, you know, we kind of wandered over there, and there's this man standing there, and he was saying some things, and, you know, we were just kind of looking at the crowd, not noticing anything. But all of a sudden, a crippled man got up and started to walk. Well, we started paying attention. And then, and then, next thing you know, a blind man began to cry out and say, I can see, I can see, I can see. And then the crowd began to kind of press on him. People began to touch his garment and his robe. And as they did, they just started getting healed right and left. And then he began to talk about who he was and talk about the anointing on his life. I'm telling you, when she began to hear that, the first thing that came was hope. Wow. You mean there's hope? You mean there's a way I might be healed? You mean there's a way I might get this drama over in my life? You mean there is a way? Thank God He is the way. He is the truth and He is the life. Well, hey, it's just like it is here. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have the, they didn't have the, uh, uh, you know, the telephone or the cell phone. But they, they talked. Amen. And so she was a woman, so we know, you know, telephone. What's the old saying? Telephone, telegraph, tell a woman if you want to hit that. That's old school, amen? But talk was going on. Have you heard of this man, Jesus? He heals the sick. Have you heard of this man, Jesus? And the more she thought about it, the more she contemplated it, she formed in her a basis for faith. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes... I shall be whole. Are you with me? Now notice she didn't say healed, she said whole. You say why? Because she didn't just have a physical problem, she had a mental problem, a spiritual problem, and a financial problem. But she began to allow her faith to dictate what she was going to say instead of allowing her circumstance to dictate what she was going to say. I mean, she could have gone around and said, I'll tell you, I'm sick, I'm broke. I'm depressed, can't go to church. I don't know if anybody can ever do anything for me. She could have gave up. And how many did in that day? But she wouldn't let go of it. She just kept saying. I tell you, that one, one, one translation of this says, for she said, and another, one, one translation says, for she said over and over and over. And one, said, one translation that I read says this, she said it within herself, said it within herself, said it within herself, till she said it out loud. That's when her faith took hold. When she began to say, if I can touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Well, the first thing that had to happen, Jesus had to come there. Could your faith draw a miracle? Could your faith draw the miracle worker? Absolutely it could. Her faith drew him there. Now notice, notice. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him, uh, and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now notice this. And straightway or immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. Now notice the word felt. 
Everybody say felt. Now our biggest problem is we're wanting to feel something. But before she said, she did. And before she said and did, she heard. So she heard, she said, she did, then she felt. You say, Can it, is it that simple? It's that simple. She heard, she said. That means what she heard led to what she said. And what she heard and what she said led to what she did. And I guarantee you folks, she didn't just elbow her way onto that street that day. She went at great expense, at great risk. Jairus, who was the head of the synagogue, he was the one that could arrest her and put her in jail because her being on the street as an unclean woman, I guarantee you she was not strong. She was weak. And I tell you, when you get to heaven, you ask her this. That day, that issue of blood probably flowed stronger than any other day in her life. But Jesus was there. I said, but Jesus was there. There's something about faith that will put a resolve in you. There's something about faith that will put a strength in you. There is something about faith that will put something in you in which you make a decision, I will not be denied. You've got to make a decision to allow faith to do that in you. So all of a sudden, she felt in her body. That means that issue stopped for the first time in 12 years. That issue of blood stopped. Now notice this. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, now notice this, red letters in my Bible, who touched my clothes? Now I'm going to tell you something, church. We read past this scripture. But in this script, this scripture breaks the back of most traditional Christianity. Now let me say that again. This scripture breaks the back of most traditional Christianity. You say, what do you mean by that? Traditional Christianity will say, so. well, we know God can do it. But whether or not He ever does it or not, it's up to His own sovereign will. Come on, church. Most people sitting in church today, they don't believe in healing. They don't believe in baptism of the Holy Ghost. They don't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. They don't believe in any of that. And the reason they do not believe is they've been schooled and taught for years and years and years that God can do it, but whether or not He will do it is not up to you. It's up to God. Now, in this scripture right here, when Jesus stopped and turned around and said, Who touched my clothes? He did not know who touched His clothes. He said, oh, well, he, he knew. No, he didn't. If he knew and he said that, then there's, then there's an element of deceit in him, and we have no business fooling with him. But there's no deceit in him. He is the light of God. He is the life of God. He is the way of God, the truth of God. He is the all in all, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. He's all of that. And when he turned around and said, who touched my clothes? He didn't know who touched his clothes. Which means the woman initiated the miracle and not God. Come on, church, you gotta hear this. See, most people right there, their religious mind goes, Eek! I don't know about that. You need to tell that voice to shut up. I said, you need to tell that voice to shut up. 
When Jesus turned, listen, he's walking along, he's anointed by the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden he feels a drain of that healing virtue. He goes, whew, somebody touch me. Amen? Somebody touch me. I, that's another great message right there. You say, what do you mean? Like, well, she was a nobody. She was a nobody. But when she touched Jesus, Jesus said somebody. I mean, you can't preach it any plainer, amen? Somebody touch me. Jesus takes nobodies and turns them into somebodies. That power, that virtue flowed out. He didn't even know. He starts looking around. One translation says this, Jesus began to examine the crowd and see who had faith. Amen? But the fact, forget that word, the truth that Jesus did not initiate it. He did not come into the city looking for the woman. He did not know she was there. He did not know she had heard of him. She did not know what she had confessed. All he was doing was walking with the anointing. And she touched him. He said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou to touch. So the, the multitude, people are touching him, touching him. There's probably some touching him on accident. Nothing happened. Others touching him out of curiosity. I just see what will happen. Nothing happened. Amen? Because it doesn't work. But somebody touched him with faith. And when they touched him with faith, power flowed out of him. He turned and looked about to see her done this thing. But the woman, noticed this, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, one of the things we don't realize, going back to all of the issues of her life, how faith operated, not just to heal her body, but to bring her wholeness. Now the word wholeness means the entire assembly of parts put back together. And it indicates not the way it was before you had the problem. It indicates the way things were before man fell in the garden. Woo! That's the word shalom in Hebrew. That's why they greet each other with shalom. All the assembly of parts put back together the way it was before Noah, before Abraham, before man fell in the garden, when God was in control of everything. Shalom and peace be unto you. So the first thing that happened was her physical body was healed. So there she stood, the Bible said, fearing and trembling, knowing. She knew she was healed. I'm telling you, there comes a knowing. you got to get to the believing to get to the knowing. And if you'll get to the believing, then you'll get to the knowing. Knowing what was done in here. Knowing what was done in here. Knowing what... And then, all of a sudden, Jesus turned around and found her and then continued the process with one word. You say, why? Now remember, we said she had a spiritual problem. All those years. Away. Unclean. No festivals. No celebrations. No, not, not, not even with family. Isolated and lonely. And the Israelites, the, the, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were the servants of God. She was included in that because she was Jewish. But Jesus stepped across the dispensational line and called her what? Daughter. 
Could one word heal you of 12 years of spiritual woe? One word can. And when he said to her, daughter, that erased 12 years of spiritual rejection, spiritual anxiety, religion, tradition, because the God of the universe looked at her and called her daughter. I'll tell you, Jesus knows how to do it. Then he said this, Thy faith has made thee whole. Now that's something we need to hear. Jesus healed her. No, that's not. Jesus did not put the emphasis upon the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the healing power, gifts of the Spirit, anything like that. He put the emphasis on her faith. Which means what? You've got to develop your faith. You've got to walk in faith. You've got to learn how to get faith. You've got to learn how to speak faith. You've got to learn how to act in faith. And you've got to adopt faith as your lifestyle. And as you do, you're going to have those suddenly and immediately moments in your life in which you're going to be made whole. So he's identifying what as the element? Faith, that which brings the provision of God and the need of man together. So that the provision of God can eradicate the need of man. That's why for by grace are you saved through faith. Not of your works. It is the gift of God, least any man or woman should boast. Thy faith has made thee... Now what? Go in peace. You say, what do you mean peace? What was wrong with her mind? Twelve years. And when the Prince of Peace says peace to your mind, I'm telling you, all those twelve years of turmoil are gone. And then he said what? Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And I guarantee you that began a financial restitution in her life where people around her and people that knew her wanted a piece of that miracle. She probably left with a bag full of money. Replacing everything the enemy had stolen from her because when Jesus said be made whole he makes you whole. And we have to understand as a people, not just partially parted out a healing here or a financial blessing here. Jesus wants you whole. He wants the world to be able to look at you and see a trophy that He has produced in your life where people see your life and they think, what has happened to you? People that used to know you think, what has happened? You know, I remember when I first came back to the Lord back in the 80s, and people said, well, Rusty got religion. Thank God I didn't. I said, thank God I didn't. Because religion wouldn't have done me good in the last 10 minutes. What I got was Jesus. And I tell you, I had a lot of voices speaking, and they were turned up very high and had been for many years. But I, by faith and by choice, begin to reach over and turn those voices down. For none of them affect me and haven't affected me for years. And I can honestly say He has made me whole. He has put the entire assembly of my life back together. Not the way it was before I got into trouble or had problems, but the way it was in the garden. I look around where I live. I look around what I get to do. I look around where I get to, when I get to travel and go to the nations of the world. And my phone is, I mean, I'm constantly ministering on my phone, talking to people all over the world, doing all this kind of stuff, blessing. And it's like a dream. It's like you're living in a dream. 
And then we pray and we intercede and we worship God and we sense the presence of God. And we go out and we face the devil and the world and the flesh. And we're victors and we're overcomers. And we don't back off and we don't quit. And God shows up with these suddenlies and these immediatelys. And people are set free, delivered, touched, and blessed of God. But it's not just like coming into an ice cream store and getting a scoop and getting refreshed of your current thirst. It's something that you walk into and never walk out of. And you make a decision. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live by faith. And I'm going to see the blessing of God in my life. And you develop such a want to on the inside. Just think of the want to of that woman. I bet she was knocked down that day, but she got up. The Bible says, one translation, he touched the hem. Where's the hem? The hem's not up here. The hem's down here. Of course, it ran up his robe like this, but still, she might have been knocked down when he went by and just by chance reached out and grabbed hold of him. And that power ran into her. And she did not walk off of that street the way she walked onto that street. And you won't walk off of the way you walked onto when you touch, quote, the hem of his garment. Now, my closing is this. People say, man, that's great. If I would have been there, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> That's proof that you wouldn't. Amen. You say why? We think that it is an access issue. Well, I'm telling you, if Jesus would just walk through those doors, I'd reach out and I'd grab the hem of his garment. Well, if you won't respond to his word, because Jesus is more in a more exalted position now as risen Son of God than He ever was when He walked upon this earth. And not only is the anointing of God, which was upon Him, available, it is now in you and on you. And when we make... St I heard a guy actually say this, Rocky. Man, if only Jesus was alive. I thought He is alive. Preacher saying that preacher. Boy, if Jesus were alive today, we'd see some miracles. He is alive. He is the Word of God, was the Word of God, forever will be the Word of God. And anything anybody got when He walked on the earth is easier for you to get now because you have His Spirit in you. You have His Spirit upon you. You have Him in the form of a message. And He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Quit making it so hard on yourself and just receive from God Amen. by faith. Amen? Amen? I love you. Brother Frank, go to the keyboard. Give the Lord a shout. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.